I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Businesses are continuing to feel the effects of the supply chain problems. And usually when we think about those supply chain problems, we we think of bigger businesses. Uh, We think of businesses that need parts or products coming from overseas. But one of those industries that has really been impacted in a significant way, a little under the radar, is the restaurant industry. We're losing the labor, but we're also losing the ability to get our hands on the products. It's not a matter of profit, as you say. It's a matter of being able to even sell something. When you have inflation at the level that it's at, workers' wages obviously are not worth as much as they are. A lot of people are stepping out of the workforce. The price of goods has gone up exponentially, way beyond just you know what we're seeing in terms of inflationary percentages. And all of the massive distributors, right, they're dealing with fuel costs doubling in terms of gas prices. And they're capturing all of the products or whatever's out there and available to buy. And then they're basically starting a bidding war against a lot of the larger multi-unit restaurant groups. And it's a matter of, okay, who's going to be able to get their hands on it? All the small to medium-sized businesses, they can't even get their hands on these products. They're lucky if they've got food to sell, let alone labor to actually distribute and sell the food, give the food, you know, servers, whether it's the cooks, whoever it is. So now you have the, the bigger corporations picking winners and losers. Add to that the mandates, right? It's mandatory you got to wear masks. Well, guess what? What a coincidence. The price of masks has gone up 100% if they're available. Now you're talking testing. Everybody's talking about Omicron, but oh no, there's no testing kits available. So we're dealing with that. So supply, demand, the inability to actually have any of the products to sell. So profit is way out the window, especially when the dollar has lost so much value as it is through inflation. So that was uh, Chef Andrew Gruel, uh, who is the founder and executive of Slapfish Restaurant, great restaurant. And uh, so interesting, he covers so much ground in that in terms of what is actually going on for restaurant owners that's making it so difficult for them, uh, really, as he said there towards the end of that thought, uh, that most of them aren't focused on profit anymore at all. They're just trying to keep things moving along and just kind of sell some products and and keep things turning over. Uh, But I thought it was important uh, to break down some of those things that, again, that was Andrew Gruel, founder and executive of Slapfish Restaurant, uh, talking about the labor issue, uh, losing the ability to get hands on products. And, uh, of course, the inflation component to it, uh, wages aren't worth as much. People are leaving the workforce. You know, price of goods is up. Uh, All of those things are are just such a a major challenge. Uh, And when you look at all the things that are happening at the ports and looking at the fact that uh, a lot of a lot of the bigger businesses are choosing to go to different ports, smaller ports, uh, where where they feel they can kind of get a little more attention 
then being backed up in the, the bottleneck in some of the larger ports, uh, especially on the West Coast. And uh, interesting, uh, talking about uh, some of those lobbying efforts that are keeping things kind of where they are, status quo. And remember, the status quo does not favor small business. The status quo favors big business. And there's so many small and medium-sized businesses that just they can't even get their hands on the products they need to have. Uh, you've got the bigger corporations and and government, in many instances, picking the winners and losers and figuring out how that's all going to work out. And, of course, uh, he went on to talk about masks and testing kits and profits and all of those things. And those are all real challenges for real people, especially, uh, again, those those small restaurant owners, uh, those small business owners. They're the ones who are really taking it on the chin in all of this, especially as it relates to the supply chain. Uh, but, again, when we think about what that means in terms of restaurants, I just don't think many of us calculate and connect how important the supply chain is to some of our restaurant owners. Now, Chef Andrew Gruel, in that same interview on cable news, uh, he said that there were container ships, uh, some that are just avoiding the U.S. altogether or just being outright canceled uh, because of the bottlenecks there in Los Angeles. Take a listen. You see, what's happening right now is, is that no one's going into the port of Los Angeles because they know that it's such a boondoggle, so they're going to all these other ports, or they're just completely canceling their container ships. I just spoke with my one of my seafood guys today. He said he lost an entire container full of seafood because they said, ah, screw it, we're not going to ship it to the United States. Look, this also underscores the fact that we need to domesticate our own supply chain. So much of what we're buying is coming from overseas, and when China's shutting down ports because of one COVID case, because they're going for this insanity of zero COVID, or at least pretending they are, then we're not going to get any of those products to begin with. I've been saying this, and that's why this isn't all just about the current administration. We've needed to be able to buy local, produce local. Again, that's Chef Andrew Gruel from uh, Slapfish, and uh, that's really interesting to me. Uh, if you picked up on it there, he, he talked about one of his seafood guys that said he lost an entire container of seafood because they just weren't going to ship it to the U.S., because they weren't sure it would get in, they weren't sure it would stay good enough, uh, that it was going to be turned around in a timely manner. Uh, and so it's just this uh, little bit of a crapshoot, and a lot of businesses just aren't going to take that risk. And so the supply chain issues, to me, continue to be a, a big issue, I think far more than uh, we have made it. We, we talked last week uh, about how some of the ways <clears throat> excuse me, that uh, – the administration has uh, maneuvered the numbers a little bit in terms of the ports. Uh, we talked about all the bottlenecks at the port and the long wait time and how many uh, ships and containers were sitting there. And part of the solution was that they they actually just moved the ships a little further out of the port. Uh, because once you reach a certain distance outside the port, uh, you're no longer in port, so you're just at sea. So you don't count as being waited, being waiting uh, or stalled there in the port. Uh, that's not helpful. That's not really changing the game and the dynamics. Uh, we know that inflation's playing, wreaking havoc on all of that. There's a lot of regulatory components that have still been a problem, uh, and there's just much, much more work to do. And one of the interesting things to me that we should be watching over the next several weeks. Uh, now that the president has cleared his first year in office, he's kind of gone through that routine uh, during the course of the week this week. And now what's the pivot? Where do they go next? Uh, we know that the president will next deliver a major speech at the State of the Union, which I believe is the 2nd of March. Early March, I think, is when uh, Speaker Pelosi invited the president to come address a joint session of Congress. 
And so the president has some work to do because I think once that uh, State of the Union address takes place early March, uh, then we'll fully be into the 2022 election cycle. Uh, so what will the president do? Where will the focus be? Where will he choose to assert leverage? Uh, will it be still looking back, trying to tout some of the wins from the past year? Will it be trying to get something new done that Democrats can run on? Will it be taking on Republicans? Uh, and what will the Republicans do? Will they just hunker down? Are they going to be against everything uh, that the president's putting forward? Will there be any discussion, any opportunity for any kind of common ground and any kind of real solution in the best interest of the American people, not just what's in the best interest of the next election? And so all of those things are going to be dependent really heavily on what the present president decides to do next. Where will his focus be? And obviously that focus is going to be diverted to some extent by what is going on uh, on the border between Russia and Ukraine. And we're going to talk about that uh, a little bit more coming up here in just a minute on uh, Secretary of State Blinken uh, and his visit with his counterpart in Russia. It was not a negotiation, according to Secretary Blinken. Uh, It was a conversation uh, and a lot of statements in terms of where things are and what will or won't happen. So we're going to break that down coming up. But the president's got to keep his eye on that. It's it's always interesting. Presidents always want to come into office and just be zero focused on domestic issues, the economy, jobs, the American people, uh, all of those things. And every president has quickly come to the realization that there is this international thing that happens. <laughs> Foreign relations are a big part of the president's agenda. And you just never know when something is going to pop up. We know South Korea, or that North Korea, excuse me, uh, was firing test missiles this week. And so now we've got a little heightened uh, animosity going there. Uh, Russia continues to, to scale and increase the intensity at the border. And so what does that look like? So a lot of things coming up on the president's agenda. We're going to monitor and track uh, what he does, how he does it, what the messaging is, and how that will position everything, both for the American people and for the 2022 midterm elections. We're going to step aside for bottom of the hour news. When we come back, as promised, we'll break down uh, Secretary of State Blinken's visit with his Russian counterpart. What does that mean? Where does that go next? Stay with us on KSL News Radio. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, You need to. Give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.